time, we're going to turn to the book of Revelation, chapter 10. If you're there, say amen. Amen. Reading in the word of the Lord. The voice which I heard from heaven. Someone say the voice. It spoke to me again. If you've ever felt God speak to you, and that's a wonderful thing, but I hope you want God to speak to you again. I hope you want God to speak to you again and again and again. And he said, go and take that little book, which is open in the hand of the angel. So picture you have that angel there and he is holding the book in his hand and it's open. And so the voice says, go take that book out of the angel's hand. In verse nine, I went to the angel and I said to that angel, Give me the little book. Can you imagine? You're walking up to an angel. You're like, all right, hand it over. Give me that book that is in your hand right now. I take a little boldness, you know, to walk up into an angel and say, give me that book in your hand. And so the angel replies back to John here and says, take it and eat it up. It will make your belly bitter, but it shall be in thy mouth sweet. As honey. And I took the little book out of the angel's hand and I ate it up. It was in my mouth sweet as honey, and as soon as I had eaten it, my belly was bitter. Now, God's word, when we taste it, it is such a sweet taste, but sometimes God's word does cause a little indigestion, if you will. There's some things about God's word that upsets our stomach and upsets our flesh. But do know that God is the one that's given us instruction to reach for that word and to eat that word and to consume that word for that word presents the vital nutrients that we need. And look what happened as it's sweet in his mouth and bitter in his belly. Verse 11 says, now at this point, the angel replies and says, you must prophesy again before many peoples and nations and tongues and kings. You know, if you have a desire, an inclination, a passion, something inside of you that wants to prophesy, wants to do something great for God, that wants to stand before no matter what jurisdiction, no matter what authority, not be intimidated to stand in front of a king, not be intimidated to stand in front of a magistrate and begin to say, thus saith the Lord. If you would like to say, thus saith the Lord, you need to consume what thus saith the Lord. And when we begin to consume the word of God, then we will have the capacity to speak the word of God. But until we get the word inside of us, until we taste and see that the Lord is good, we cannot speak of how good the Lord really is. How many wants to tell some kings how good God is? How many wants to tell your neighbors how good God is? Let's pray right now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We've come here into this place, God, to hear your word. And not merely hear your word, but God, to consume everything your word has for us today and somebody say in jesus name amen i want to preach with the help of the lord for the next short few moments i have come for thy words i've come for 
thy words. Anyone here today because you want a word from God? If you want a word from God, you can get one today. You know, no matter who's sitting around you, whether they're your friend, your enemy, uh, a peer, uh, uh, don't don't just tune them out right now as much as you love them and care about them. And just make sure you don't miss what God has for you, because I came here today for his word. Amen. God has a word and the Lord has laid something very strong on my heart to share with you today. Once more, as we revisit this scene that we open up the scripture and, and uh, text with in the book of Revelation, think about this. You, you're in prayer, and then all of a sudden God gives you a vision, and in this vision you see an angel. And there is standing there this mighty angel, and in his hand this book. And God says, I want you to approach that angel, and I want you to tell that angel what to do. I want you to tell that angel, hand over that book. I want that book. And so it is a little intimidating. It is a tall task, no doubt. But he approaches that angel regardless of whatever fear he may feel. And he says, I demand, I need, I request that book out of your hand. And so the angel gives him that very book. And John now has the book in his hand. And when you get that book in your hand, you will begin to receive instruction. And instruction is a wonderful thing. And he says, begin to eat that book. And that's kind of an awkward diet because who is somebody, you know, I don't know if you've ever done this. I've, uh, I used to experiment chewing on paper, just wondering what it tastes like. And, uh, and I, I don't do it anymore. It's just back in the school days, you know, after uh, being immature and a very bad student, you know, making spitballs, all that. You know, sometimes it would be in my mouth and the teacher would see me chewing uh, and say, hey, what do you got in your mouth? And then mm-hmm. you swallow the thing so you don't get in trouble for chewing gum and you don't get in trouble for making spit wads. And so I've tasted paper every now and again, but it's not a habit that I continued in my latter years. Praise the Lord for that. But here he says, I want you to eat this book. And as he ate that book, just like the angel said, is what happened. It was sweet in the mouth and then it was bitter to the belly. And then he was able to prophesy to many people. I don't want to just prophesy and witness to one person. I want to speak to as many people as the Lord will allow me. And I don't want to be singling only one ethnicity and only one uh, demographic or only one type of status. I want to reach many people. I want to reach many nations. He says, you prophesy before many people and don't keep those people the same color. You get outside your nation. You get outside your comfort zone. You get outside your familiarity and you prophesy to nations and you prophesy to different languages and you prophesy to kings, prophesy to everybody. I don't know how you feel right now, but I feel like I want to eat the word of God. I've come to taste God's good word. Jesus is the one that quoted the scripture in Matthew 4, 4, that we cannot, we shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. If the only life you live is a life that never reads the Bible, never memorizes scripture, you are living a life below 
your full potential. You are living half a life. You are walking dead and lacking nutrients. I need the word of God. Think of the word of God as those, that calorie intake you need. Because that calorie intake is the faith you need to walk by faith and not by sight. Psalm 119 and verse 103 says, How sweet are thy words unto my taste. Yea, sweeter than honey to my mouth. If you have no taste or appetite for God's word, you have yet to truly get into it. Because when you get into God's word and God's word gets into you, it's sweeter than honey. It's better than reading a comic book. It's better than reading Reader's Digest. It's better than reading the public opinion. Bless God. Amen. Hallelujah. Anyhow, I love to read the word of God. It is sweet as honey. Job said in chapter 23 and verse 12, God, I've esteemed the words of your mouth more than my necessary food. You think eating eggs for breakfast is necessary? I'm telling you, eating the word of God is necessary for breakfast. It must be your daily portion. If you do not have a daily portion of God's word, you are lacking in mouth nourish spiritually i challenge you beginning today and starting tomorrow make eating god's word a part of your daily breakfast somebody say amen Jeremiah said in chapter 15 and verse 16, God, I found your words and I did eat them. And your word was to me the joy and rejoicing of my heart. When I read God's word, yes, there's moments that it's bitter in my belly. But that that sweetness in my mouth, as sweet as honey, far surpasses. It makes me go back for more. If you're here, uh, uh, me personally, I love hot and spicy food and for me when i and i have good salsa and i eat it and it burns i i just keep going back and eating it and the more i eat it i'm not thinking about the burning sensation i'm just enjoying that sweet succulent delicious magnificent salsa that taste of that cilantro and that taste of that tomato and that taste of the jalapeno whatever you pull put in your sauce i love to taste it but the moment I stop, then I begin to feel that bitterness in my belly. So I get another chip and I get another scoop and I just kind of forget about the bitterness. That's kind of sometimes how it is with God's word. Just keep eating it, keep tasting it, and you're going to find the sweetness in God's word and you're going to find the potency and the joy of God's good word. Is anybody here today come for the word of the Lord? I hope that we can come to church and we can find the word of the Lord because it is unfortunate we live in a day and age like it was prophesied in the Old Testament that the day will come that we will live in a time and a season where there's a famine for God's word where people will look for it and they won't find the Bible in the pulpit they won't find the preaching of the word going into the pews they won't find the church really being the church it's just a center a social club where people kind of uh, get to uh, uh, rub shoulders and hand out business 
cards and, and kind of almost another Elks Lodge, but with a cross on it. I don't want to be another VFW. I don't want to be another Masonic temple out there. I don't want to be another Elks Lodge out there. I want to be the church of the living God that has a living word, active, alive, going forth in the house of God. Someone say, I've come for God's words. Amen. Would you clap your hands to the Lord if that's what your desire is? But do know this, as much as you have come for God's words, he has come to this house for your words. We read in the book of Daniel, chapter 10, and verse 12, the angel of the Lord says to Daniel, fear not, Daniel, for from the first day you set your heart to understand and to chasten thyself before thy God. Thy words, someone say thy words, were heard. Look what the angel says. I have come for your words. It's wonderful that you've come to church today for God's word. But God comes to church for your words. God is looking for a people that arrive at his house. Yes, filled with his word. But God wants to come to a place like this today where it's full of your words. God wants to hear your voice today. God wants, you know why? Because your words and your voice represent what is in your heart. God is after someone's heart today. God is after somebody's soul today. God is after a spirit today. God wants somebody to open their mouth and open their heart and release their words Unto God. I don't know if that excites you, but there's something stirring in my spirit right now that says, God, yes, I love your word. It's like honey. I love your word. It's like bread to my soul. But Jesus, I've come here today to bring my words to you. I've come here today to bring my voice to you. Yes, God, I want to hear your voice. But God, I want you to hear my voice today. I want you to hear my words today. Oh, would somebody open their mouth and let God hear your voice right now? And so I want our focus to be from this phrase here as we go through the rest of this sermon. This is God speaking right now. This is God saying, I've come for your words. I've, God is saying, I want to hear you today, Jared. I want to hear you today, Troy. I want to hear you today, Baron. I want to hear you today, Clinton. I want to hear you today, Mike. I want to hear you today, uh, Pat. That's what God came here today for. I know you came for a word from God today, but God came for a word from you. God wants to hear from every single person in this place right now. Do not disappoint God. You don't want to let God down. We've already let God down in our past, but I don't want to let God down in this present moment, knowing that he came to church to hear my voice. God came to church today to hear my heart. God came to church today to hear what I had to say to him. Oh, would you clap your hands if you're excited right now? Well, I'm not much of the, the talking type. I'm not very extroverted. I'm not very expressive. I like to keep things to myself. 
and you know god you know i've never heard his voice and you know you know i could think these things you know god thinks i think and so isn't that good enough the bible does say in jeremiah 29:11 i know the thoughts that i think towards you and so that might be a wonderful verse to lean on saying see god thinks thoughts too so i could think thoughts about god you know how we know the thoughts of god just keep reading these this this uh, uh, this verse here in eleven, I know the thoughts I think towards you. How do we know God's thoughts towards us? Saith the Lord. That's how we know the thoughts of God. You know, some people get frustrated with us at times because you know we don't do what they would like us to do, but we're not mind readers. You know, especially when you when you start out in marriage, uh, uh, you know your your spouse sometimes they 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 expect you to do something, but you have no idea that they even wanted you to do that. And then you find out later, you know, in the day, you know, you're having the most wonderful day. You come home from work, and, and your spouse is upset with you, and you're like, "What did I do?" And then they later finally eventually explain to you what the issue is, and you're like, "Well, why didn't you tell me?" Well, I thought you knew. And then later after that, you now know that's a part of how they think. That's a part of how they feel. And so later you don't have to so much hear them give direction about some things because you've heard their mind because they finally let their mind be made known to you. The only reason why I can go through some situations and I may not hear the voice of God, but I know his thoughts towards me because he has shared his thoughts through his word, and I have read his word, and his thoughts have been made known unto me. And now, therefore, no matter if I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I know that he is with me. I know God's going to take care of me because God shared his thoughts with the church. It's not enough for God just to think something. I'm thankful he shared it with me through his word and in prayer. And it's not enough for you to think something about God. You need to let God know what you're thinking. God has come for your words today. God has come to hear your voice today. We know this lesson from the very beginning, from the first page of your Bible. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And the Bible says the earth was out without form and void. Darkness upon the face of the deep. The Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. As God's Spirit moved and there was this feeling in this movement, still nothing occurred. Nothing was manifest until God said when God spoke and when God decreed and when God declared let there be light guess what there was light God didn't think there was light did he have the thought about light being yes did God have the thought about creatures crawling across that green grass yes God thought that there was the logos of God there was the thought of God there was the mindset of God but not until God said not until God spoke did anything materialize did anything manifest you could think about living for God and you could think about repenting and you could think about having your sins washed away and you 
you can think about God freeing you from nicotine. And you can think about God freeing you from alcohol. But until you share your thoughts with God through your mouth, until you decree and declare, God, I'm tired of where I'm at. I want you to know what I'm feeling, God. I want you to know what I'm thinking right now, God. And begin to verbalize what it is you're thinking. Verbalize what it is you're feeling. Oh, then God says, let the chains be broken. Let the addiction be ceased. Let there be life and let there be light and let there be wholeness. It's when your thoughts become words that your thoughts become flesh. John chapter one and verse uh, um, one says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Yes, the word was there in the beginning, but that logos, that thought, that 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 mindset of God, nothing really happened until verse 14 when the word was made flesh. The word had to materialize. The word had to become. The word had to be. It wasn't just the thought of God that remained in heaven. The word was made flesh. And that's what needs to happen. Your thoughts need to be made flesh. Well, how do I make my thoughts flesh? Yes, you have a mental ascent of what you're thinking, but your tongue is that flesh. Your tongue is the materialization of your thoughts. Your tongue is the materializing of of your inward imagination so you can think about it all you want but why don't you make that word flesh and you make that word flesh by speaking it and decreeing it and declaring it and you begin to set in motion creation itself I don't know what you are facing right now and what you're going through and what your struggle is what your depression is what your anxiety is but why don't you begin to make it flesh why don't you begin to say God I pray right now now, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I bind this depression and break it in the name of Jesus Christ. That's when the word becomes flesh. And that's when God's spirit begins to move and things begin to happen. How many would like to see God do something today? Would you lift your hands and would you open your mouth and would you make the word flesh? Would you begin to speak the word right now? God gave you that voice. God gave you that tongue because there's death and life and the power of the tongue. Go ahead and speak it. Go ahead and pray it. God has come for your words. I'm glad someone came here today for God's word. But I'm putting the ball in your court. God's here for your words. And I cannot be your substitute. I can't be your mediator. Yes, God uses, you know, pastor as a, 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 a vessel which uh, uh, con, uh, to have communication with and, and give you some, some guidance and leadership. But at the end of the day, I can't pray the prayer of faith for you. At the end of the day, I can't pray your prayer of repentance. I can give you an example. I can demonstrate some things for you. I can spark some faith in you. I can give you 
you some direction, but I can't be your flesh. I can't be your words. You have your flesh. You have your thoughts and you have your words. God's come for your words. God came for you to speak up. God came for you to pipe up. Is anyone going to pipe up today? Is anyone going to act out today? Is anyone going to verbalize something today? Or are we just here to listen to my words? Or are you just here to listen to God's words? Or is somebody here today saying, God, I want you to hear my words today. Someone shout hallelujah. We read Daniel chapter 10 and verse 12. Your words were heard. And I had come for your words. You may have prayed one time out loud before, and you wonder, God, where are you at? God wants you to know, look at this verse above. I heard you from the first day. God heard you, but don't stop after the first day or the 10th day or the 20th day. Continue your words. Continue because God is hearing your words, and God will come. God will respond to your spoken word. God is not just someone that kind of sits idle and says, well, I got nothing better to do. I'm just going to sit here. I know I know they're praying down there. I know Clinton is praying to me. I know Clinton's talking to me, but, you know, I'm just a little busy right now. No, God comes for your words. God swoops down from heaven because of your words. We go on reading this portion of Scripture. I realize Daniel is uh, fasting here for these 21 days. Three straight weeks he is in a season of consecration. And in this prayer and in this fasting, the Bible says a spiritual war, a battle is taking place. The prince of the kingdom of Persia is fighting against the angel of the Lord. Basically, there is a demonic force in that city that is fighting against the forces of God that wants to take over and prevail in that city. Watertown is in a spiritual battle. South Dakota is in a spiritual battle. The devil has had a strong footing in this region long enough. And so we pray, and it may seem like nothing has happened, but God has heard us from the first day we prayed. And the angel of the Lord is coming to help. The angel of the Lord is coming to give Watertown, South Dakota, and the region of South Dakota a victory. And But we may not see it right away, it feels like at times, is God even hearing me. But God is coming for our words and because of our words. And so God is going to send the angel to us and says, I want you to know I'm here right now to make you understand what's going to happen to the people in these last days. I believe God's going to give us some visions for these last days and this time that we are living in. In verse 15, when he spoke such words to me, so when, when, when heaven is responding to these prayers, all of a sudden we begin to tremble and we fall and we're weak because of the fasting and the consecration. And he says, I became dumb or mute. I could not speak. And so we can feel overwhelmed and we can lose our sense or our strength to be able to communicate to God. And behold, one like the similitude of the sons of men touched my lips. See, when we get mute, 
mute because of weakness or we get mute because of the process we're going through. Don't, we, we could stay in that state of being and say, well, you know, I just really don't have much to give God. I don't have much strength left. But God says, no, I want to hear from you. I want to hear your voice. And so the angel does not leave Daniel mute. The angel does not leave Daniel silent. And so that angel of the Lord touches his lips so he can open his mouth. And when the, the presence of heaven begins to touch Daniel's lip, Daniel is able to speak again. I know you may feel like you don't have much strength right now to speak to God, but God wants to give you strength. Why? Because he wants to hear your words. God has come for your words. God came here to give you strength today, church, so you can lift up your voice one more time because God has come for your words. Someone shout amen. And so he begins to speak. He says, I could, I started talking back to him again. And he says, my Lord, by the vision, my sorrows are turned upon me. I don't have much strength. I don't know how I can do this. Your servant, my Lord, I don't know if I can talk anymore. I can't lift up my voice anymore. I can't pray out loud anymore. I'm weak. I don't have the words to say. I don't know what to do. I, I, I can't think of what to say. I'm so weak right now. But the Bible, as it goes on explaining, he's saying, look, there's no strength in me. There's no breath left in me and then there came again that presence of heaven came and touched that man and as he touched him he gave him the strength again God's about to touch someone's life right now because he wants you to have the strength to speak up God wants you to have the strength to open your mouth and to release those words and in verse 19 he said oh man greatly beloved fear not peace be to you be strong yea I say be strong And when he spoke to me, I was strengthened and said, see, that's what happens when you press beyond your capabilities. After you poured yourself out for 21 days, after you gave all of yourself in your season of consecration and you feel like you got nothing left to give, God's going to give you more to give. God's going to give you a second win. God's going to give you a renewing. God's going to give you a resurgence. And all of a sudden, God's going to speak to you. And you're after God heard your word, you're going to hear his word. And his word is a strong, yay, be strong. You can do this. Be strong. You can overcome. Be strong. You shall persevere. Be strong. And when you speak, God speaks. And when God speaks, strength comes to your body. And you can speak right back to him again. And he says, let my Lord speak, for you have strengthened me. There's dialogue going on. Don't wait for a monologue moment with God and only hearing God. Because God wants to hear from you. And your strength you give to God, God gives strength to you and is for a cycle to happen for there to be dialogue and interaction it's the will of God for you to learn how to have interaction with him and to have dialogue with him and communication with him God is here to give you strength as you give your strength to him God is here to speak to you as you speak to him would you lift your voice church Oh, Holy Ghost, right now, I pray by the power and the authority of the Spirit of God, Lord, that we give our strength to you. God, that we give our words to you. And as we do that, Lord, you'll give us strength. And as we do that, God, you'll give us words. Let's clap our hands to the Lord. (laughs) I feel the Holy Ghost.
Oh, God, let, let my Lord speak. Let my Lord speak, for you've strengthened me. God, you've given me strength to hear another message. You give me strength to see another angel. You give me strength to witness one more time. You give me strength to prophesy to many people. God, you've given me strength to prophesy to many nations. God, you've given me strength to prophesy to kings. God, you've given me strength, Lord, one more time. Lord, I give you my strength. And as I give you my strength, God, you give me your strength. As I give you my words, God, you give me your words. Lord, as I draw nigh to you, you, you draw nigh to me. As I approach you, God, you approach me. As you see more my reaching for you, God, I see your reaching for me. Oh, God, I give you all that I am. I do not withhold. God, I do not let back. But, God, I let everything out before you, Jesus. For I want your voice, God. I want your word, God. I want your strength, God. But, Lord, I have revelation understanding. You want my voice. And you want my strength. And you want me to exert myself. And you want want me to walk in the light as you are in the light. Lord, let your will be done in this place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Holy. Can we lift our hands right now? The Holy Ghost is in this place. The presence of the Most High is in this place. Jesus. Jesus. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done right now, God, on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, as we pour out our spirit to you, God, pour out your spirit unto us. As we pour out our presence unto you, Jesus, pour out your presence unto us, Jesus. Let's clap our hands to the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, let's clap our hands to the Lord. God is about to do something in this place if we would allow him. How many want to allow God to do something right now? In Jesus' name. We read here in Daniel chapter 10 and verse 12. Hallelujah. You know, you'll never be ready for God to speak to you until you're ready to speak to God. You want to be ready to hear from God? You better be ready to speak to God. Because God is not simply a God of monologue interaction. He wants to have dialogue with his church. The angel said, look, Daniel, don't be afraid. From the first day you set your heart to understand and to chasten yourself before God, your words were heard. I feel so strong in the Holy Ghost right now as I'm coming to a close. From the first day we started this fast, God has heard our words. And God is about to come down into this place because of your words. Our words absolutely matter. Let me, let me say this. This is in my notes, but, you know, this Friday represents the, the closing of our 40 days of fasting and prayer. I will just kind of give you this warning. There's a number of people here that you've been fasting weekly. There's a number of you have been fasting one day a week for 24-hour periods. There's a couple here that have been fasting two days a week 
for these six weeks of this prayer and fasting. There's some here that have been fasting three days every week uh, 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 and during this fasting. There's people that have, you've never done a 24-hour absolute fast. You're in that. There's, there's people here that have never done a two-day absolute fast with no food, no water, and you've done that. There's people in this place that have done three days without food, without water. There's, it's just an amazing See, There's a couple people in this place that have done seven days or are in the process of seven days, no food at all. And what a wonderful, wonderful thing that this church has rallied and united behind. There's a couple people that have fasted. They're on the point of reaching 40 days with no food. God has done amazing things in these 40 days. But I will give you this warning. If you don't feel like you've heard from God, that you've seen the portals of heaven open or maybe the pits of hell open, you know, and wondering, you know, is the devil going to poke his head up? Is an angel going to, like, sweep through the house and take my roof off? Who knows what's going to happen? If you don't have anything fanciful happen like that, that is not a fast of failure. Disciplining our flesh and crucifying our flesh is always a good thing. It's always a healthy thing to put your flesh in check and let it know who's boss, and that is God. God is boss. His spirit is more important than our carnal nature and flesh. But do realize this anytime you are, if you've ever done an extended fast, and if you've never done one, and now you're for your first time into one, usually, at least in my experience and what I see in the Word of God, interesting things happen at the conclusion of the period of consecration. Sometimes immediately or sometimes eventually. But something does happen after a season of consecration. And I remember the first time I did a 40-day fast, no food, and this was nine years ago, when I came to the the, the close of it, that, uh, you know, nothing really happened in the sense during it where I saw visions or anything like that. But when, when the close of the fast came, I was an emotional wreck for two weeks. I mean, I, would, I literally, I would sob. And I, now whether or not it was, you know, spiritual, I, I, I can't really say. But I know when I, when I first was able to touch food and eat it, I was crying uncontrollably. And for over seven days, every time I touched food, I literally, I just started crying. And I was shaking and trembling just at the thought and the enjoyment of eating food. And this is what I want to say is, this is the warning I want to give is that you, when you finish your period of consecration, you're going to be in a state of emotion that you've never been in before. And you've got to be very careful because you're susceptible, you're vulnerable after a season of consecration. And if we're not careful, we can become subject to any sensation and any feeling. And you don't want to give over just to any feeling because we don't walk by feeling, we walk by faith. And there's people who give themselves to feelings because they are now in an emotional state. Just because you feel something, don't immediately interpret that as God. It can be the devil. It can be the flesh. It could be your emotion. And we don't just fixate ourselves on emotion. We fix our, fixate ourselves on what God's word has to say. Let God be true and every man a liar. The devil showed up at the end of Jesus' fast. And the devil tempted Jesus with half-truth. And half-truths are going to come our way at the end of this season and period of consecration. 
So it's vitally important that we come for his words and know what his words are and eat his words so they're sweet in our mouth and bitter in our belly. Whether we think they're sweet or sour, we know it's the word of God and we stand on God's word and we don't stand on sensationalism and we don't stand on mystical images and and visions and manifestations of spirits. God is ultimately God. He is king of kings. He is Lord of lords. Let him govern everything. Someone say amen. And so we got to be careful. The devil will like to show up because he would like to undo what we have just done. And wouldn't be that wouldn't that be God awful to go 40 days and to undo that? Because you are so emotional or you start feeling you're supernatural and you start, you know, thinking that you can levitate and kind of hover all over Watertown. My friend, you're still flesh. You're still flesh. And so we must be sensitive to the guidance of the spirit and to the moving of the spirit. In the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. But at the same time, I'm here to encourage you that your season that you started in your season that you're about to finish was heard. And God has come for our words. Last portion of scripture, I'm done. Isaiah 45, 11, thus saith the Lord. I'm so glad he said something. There's, God's thoughts are beyond fi- figuring out. But I'm thankful when God speaks his thoughts so I can figure some things out. His thoughts are beyond my thoughts, and I can't figure them out. But I love when he makes his thoughts known so I can figure some things out. And God said, and here's what he spoke. Ask me. Someone say ask. That means you got to verbalize. you got to vocalize. you got to open your mouth no matter how lazy you are. No matter how stubborn you are, no matter how introvert you are, no matter how reserved you are, you got to get to a place with God where you pipe up. Not conveniently. Many times piping up is inconvenient. You think Jesus was on the cross crying out out of convenience? I don't think so. And so we think that, you know, we can be treated better than Jesus and only pipe up when it's convenient for us. No. We got to crucify our flesh and cry out to him. And God spoke and he says, I want you to ask me of things to come concerning my sons. Can we stand together? Ask me of things to come concerning my sons. Start talking to God. Start asking him some things. And look at this last phrase. Concerning the work of my hands, command ye me. What God is saying is I've come for your words. I've come for your words today. I know you came today for God's word, but God is now giving you his word saying, I've come for your words. I want you to ask me some things. And I want you to command me some things. Now, don't misinterpret that, that we can twist God's arm and beat him in the chest and force him to do stuff. No, that's not the purpose of that scripture. But God wants you to have enough faith that you know his will and you know his word, that you can begin to decree his will and you can begin to decree his word. God's not willing that any should perish. So you can, by faith, decree the will of God that my spouse will be saved. 
my children will be saved. My coworker will be saved. I am going to disciple this person. This person is going to be a pillar in the church. I decree by faith there is revival in Watertown. You can go ahead and speak those things because that's the will of God. God wants that to come to pass. God wants that to happen. If you're here today and you believe what I just preached to you, would you surround the front of this area right now? I know it may be inconvenient for you to step out from where you're sitting. I know you might find comfort in your seat, but I want you to get out of your comfort for just a moment. I know you're quiet, you're reserved, or maybe this is your first time here. I I don't know everybody. I don't know everyone's background in detail, but I do believe God laid this on my heart to share with you. And God wants you right now to speak to him. I mean, think about it. How many would like God to speak to you, right? Totally. I totally want God to speak to me. But we do that all the time when we come to church. God, speak to me. God, speak to me. God, I need encouragement. God, I need, I need a word from you. God, I need you to bless me. God, I need direction. God, I need you to prophesy to me. God, I need, I need pastor to pray for me. God, I need a word. I, 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 me, me, me. Well, what about God in heaven? Hey, what about me? God's like, I want to hear from you. I want to hear what you want. I want to hear what you believe for. So right now is our opportunity to let him know what we believe him for in this season that we've just went through, in this season that we just prayed. God is after your words. If you would just simply open your mouth and begin to pour out your words. If you've never done that before and you're about to do that for your first time, listen to me. I know it's absolutely awkward, uncomfortable, but I promise you, God, as he did for Daniel, as Daniel said, I don't have the breath, I don't have the strength, I don't know what to do. It's not like every day I I talk to angels, I don't know what to say. And the Bible says that the angel gave him the strength needed to be able to give the strength he needed to give and the words he needed to give. And so I don't want, no one in this room is exempt from what I'm preaching right now. Everyone this is applicable to. Every single one of us, no matter how upset and ticked off you are that you're standing in the front of this area, no matter how many excuses you can think, well, I'm, 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 I'm tired, I'm holding a baby, so I really can't pray. No, no, you're holding a baby, you can pray. You hear me, Jared? You're holding a baby, you can pray. Mike, you're holding a baby, you can pray. Everyone in this room can open their mouth and pray. If Jesus Christ could go on a cross, open his mouth, and pray for the people around him, what can we do when we're not on our cross right now? So I pray right now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that there's not one excuse in this room. But every mouth would begin to be open. And because God wants you to know he's here for your words. What a divine invitation right now. And I wonder if you can give him more than one minute of full of words. Can you give God more than two minutes of words? Can you give God more than five minutes of words? Let's give God as much time and many words as we can think of right now. Would you close your eyes to blind out distraction around you? And would you begin to open your mouth right now in the name of Jesus? I know it may be tough, but begin to speak out loud. Come on. Come on. Put your thoughts into words. Make your words 
flesh right now. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray, God, that every person standing in this room, in this altar, would open up their mouth, God, for you have come for their words. Lord, we open up our mouth and we ask you of things to come concerning your sons. And God, you have told us how we could command things right now. Lord, we open our mouth and we pour out words from our heart. Come on, church, that's it. In the name.